Psalms 13, looking to God. I want to kind of set the tone a little bit. So this is not just for entertainment purposes. There's actually a a reason for this. In Psalms 13, uh, I want to mention as we go through this lesson a little bit about understanding Psalms and how we ought to read those Psalms. And then focusing in on Psalms 13, talk about David's feelings and then the request that David makes and then the hope that David has because you will see that shift Six verses, very short, but you will see that shift in that psalm uh, as he moves from his feelings and his request to the hope that he has in God. The reason why I use these particular pictures (laughs) is because I want to set the tone for Psalms 13. I want to ask you, have you ever been (laughs) identified with that first picture? (laughs) And have you ever identified with the second picture. And so I would ask you, how did you get from the first to the second? And I should have probably written this uh, in between, between those two pictures. Do you ever feel like you're caught in between those two? Well, in Psalms 13, it's a little bit like that. It's David at first... He's going to get to the second, but he's kind of in between. And I think a lot of times in our life, we're kind of like that. We're not just destroyed, but we're not totally joyous. And we're trying to figure out to get from one to the other. And sometimes we can spend a lot of times in between those two particular positions. In Psalms 13... It's been stated that it's uncertain exactly when David wrote this particular psalm. But the thing that is obvious as you read down through Psalms 13 is David is in turmoil. And there is distress that is going on in David's life. And David is looking for answers. And he will repeat this refrain over and over again. How long, O Lord? You know, as we think about David, and we think about him writing uh, many of the Psalms, David was referred to as a man after God's own heart. Yet David's life, when you stop and think about it, probably more than any other character other than Jesus, his life is talked about. And the things that he went through And sometimes there was great joy. Sometimes there was great disappointment. Sometimes there was desperation. Sometimes there was sin. Sometimes there was pain and sorrow and tragedy in David's life. Psalms 13 is one of those moments when David is looking for answers. And David will say, how long? If we could kind of rephrase that, maybe we could say, where are you, Lord? You ever been there? You ever felt like that? It's like, Lord, this is what's going on. And where are you? I want you to think for a moment, John the 11th chapter. You recall John the 11th chapter? Remember Mary and Martha and Lazarus? And there's that occasion there 
where Jesus, before he goes to Bethany, he will tell the disciples, he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. And their reply to him is, well, if he's fallen asleep, <laughs> he'll recover. And then it says, Jesus says to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So Jesus knew. But yet he kind of tarried before he went. And then he goes to the home of Lazarus, to Mary and to Martha. In John the 11th chapter, at about verse 17, it says, So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Verse 20. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went out to meet him. But Mary still sat in the house. Martha, therefore, said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How would you translate that? Lord, where have you been? Verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother shall rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So Martha is saying to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. In other words, where have you been, Lord? And so Jesus answers. And he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. But then he asks Martha, do you believe this? See, Martha, you've been wondering where I've been. You know what's going on right now, Martha? I'm trying to find out where you are, Martha. Do you believe this? See, because if you believe this, this changes everything, Martha. And then you're going to see your situation, and you're going to see this entire situation totally different. So Martha, I want to know where you are. Do you believe this? Verse 27. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. And when she had said this, she went away and called Mary, her sister, saying secretly, The teacher is here, and he is calling for you. Verse 31. The Jews then, who were with her in the house and consoling her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his seat, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her, also weeping, 
he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35. Jesus wept. Verse 36. And so the Jews were saying, Behold, how he loved him. Why did Jesus cry? Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Martha, do you believe this? But when he saw Mary crying, and those others who were crying, then he wept. Verse 43. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. He who had died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many, therefore, the Jews who had come to Mary and beheld what he had done, believed in him. Why Jesus wait? Why Jesus cries? Jesus wept because he saw them weeping. And you know why they were weeping? Because they didn't fully appreciate who he was and what he was about to do. But if they understood, that would change everything. And so Jesus recognized their condition. And they'd been asking where he was. And you know what he was saying? Right here. I've been right here. I see a lot of times that's what we need to ask ourselves. Do you believe it? He's right here. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's right here. Psalms 13. In Psalms 13, Psalms 13 is what is referred to as a psalm of lament. That means that it's a psalm of grief. It's a, a psalm of sorrow. And in, verse, and in Psalms 13, David is going to sound somewhat desperate. I want to turn back there and just read that quickly so that we recall uh, what he says there. Psalms 13. Let me get in the right place. Beginning at verse 1. How long, O Lord, wilt thou forget me forever? How long wilt thou hide thy, fa thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have overcome him. Lest my adversaries rejoice. Notice what he says. Lest my adversaries rejoice when I am shaken. Some translations say when I am moved. So David is feeling somewhat desperate. And he's wanting God to answer. And he says, my enemies will exalt over me if I become shaken, if I become moved. Now notice verse 5 and 6. 
but I have trusted in thy loving kindness. No American standard. The New King James Version says, I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Some, tra- or some commentators say this psalm begins with a sigh and it ends with a song. <laughs> in the first four bor- verses, David is lamenting. But when he gets to verse 5 and 6, what does he say? He said, then I remembered your mercy. Now he begins to see things differently. Now he begins to see things from a different perspective. And that changes his whole attitude. See, David had moved from that space where he was to now he rejoices. Now I see things differently. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to be reminded so that we can see things differently. Right now in America, and Brian mentions this at the Lord's table, but if you were to take a look at those two pictures that I had up there right now, which one would America represent right now? (laughs) The first one or the second one? Or are some people in between? I'd like to get back to where I'm smiling all the time, but I'm just not there. And a lot of people are feeling really desperate right now and they can't figure out how I get from here to over there. So what I want us to do is take a look at Psalms 13 and then I want us to take a look at David's uh, feelings, his request, and then his hope. I'll back up. First of all, I want you to understand something about the book of Psalms. Because oftentimes I think what happens with the book of Psalms, it's 150 chapters. That's big, right? (laughs) And so a lot of times we don't want to just sit down and read it from beginning to end. And so what we want to do is we want to pick out certain Psalms. And actually most of the time the Psalms that we want to pick out is the ones that are just kind of comforting to us. I could probably ask you, and you wouldn't have to raise your hand, but I could just ask you, how many times have you read Psalms 13? Probably not the one that just jumps out at you, right? (laughs) But yet it's important to read Psalms 13 and to understand Psalms 13, where it fits in, and why it's recorded for us. 150 chapters. And it's intended to be read from beginning to end. The first two chapters is like an introduction. And then when you turn over to the latter part in Psalms 146 through 150, that's like the conclusion. Have you ever heard me say before, read big before you read small? (laughs) And that's the way we ought to view Psalms. Read big before you read small. Because Psalms 1 and 2 is an introduction. And then Psalms 146 through 150 is a conclusion. And do you know what you find in between? You find a journey. It has been said about the book of Psalms that every human emotion that we have 
is expressed in the book of Psalms. It's all there. Psalms 1 and 2. I'll just turn there right quick so you can see. Listen to Psalms 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. The psalmist is saying, you want to know who's blessed? Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. You want to live a blessed life? That's what the psalmist is saying. Come follow me. This is the introduction. This is what's pulling you in. You know what he will say in Psalms 2? He will say that the nations will rage. Why does he say that? Because the Bible's honest. (laughs) Blessed is the man who walks with the Lord and delights in his law. But let me tell you something about the way life is going to go. You're going to be challenged. (laughs) It's going to have difficulties. So make no mistake about it. I want you to travel this road. I want you to come on this journey with me. And this is a blessing to travel with the Lord. And delight in His law. But you are going to face challenges. That's the introduction. Turn over to Psalms 146. I want you to notice something. I'll just read a couple of these so you get the idea. From Psalms 146 through 150, this is the way it goes. Psalms 146 and verse 1, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord while I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Psalms 147. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and praise is becoming. Psalms 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him in... Praise all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all stars of light. Praise Him, highest heavens and the waters that are above the heavens. 149, praise the Lord, sing to the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of the godly ones. Psalms 150, praise the Lord, praise God in His sanctuary, praise Him in His mighty expanse. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Guess what Psalms 146 through 150 is about? Psalms 1 and 2 is the introduction. Come with me. Come on this journey. But know it's going to be challenging. But you want to know how the journey ends? You stick with him, you'll be singing his praises. That's what the psalmist wants us to see. That's the story of the psalms. Now I could give you all the divisions of the psalms. There's basically five, but I'm not going to mention all those. I'm going to mention two. (laughs) 
There are the Psalms of lament. There's grief and there's sorrow. And then there's those Psalms of praise. And that's kind of the way the book on the bigger scheme sort of divides up. And that's what the psalmist is inviting us to. Psalms 13 is one of those psalms that is a psalm of lament. This is that point in time when David, this is the way he's feeling. And that's what the psalmist wants us to understand. So, as we take a look at that, I want us to, I'm going to skip over this one part here to get to David's feelings. I want to read from Psalms 113 once again. Let me get back there. Because I want us to see that break between verse 4 and verse 5. How long, O Lord, will thou forget me forever? How long will thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemy say I have overcome him. Lest my adversaries rejoice when I am shaken. Six short verses. And David is going to go from despair to delight. But this psalm gives us some insight into how we can deal with troubles whenever they come our way in life. One writer says there are the clouds and then the sun comes out in verses 5 and 6. So as we take a look at this, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been at that point in your life where you're just kind of wondering, how long is this going to last? How long am I going to have to hang on? And sometimes we get to feeling like this is too heavy. And things seem really uncertain. And the confidence that you once had seems to be kind of gone. And it's as the psalmist suggests, are my enemies going to see me badly shaken? You ever been there? So four times David says, how long? He says, how long will you forget me? Let me ask you that. Have you ever felt like, has the Lord forgotten me? How long will you turn your face from me? How long will you leave me to my own counsel? 
You ever been there? See, the way that works is like this. I have tried everything. I have thought of everything. And I see no way out of this thing. That's what David said. How long will you leave me to my own counsel? Because I can't see my way out. You know, there's times when we do and we feel like David and we question how long is this situation going to continue and sometimes we may ask things like how long till my health gets better or till somebody else's health gets better how long before this financial situation gets better how long till my job gets better How long till this relationship gets better? You ever find yourself in that? Or do you know somebody that's in that? And they're saying how long? And how? How do you see it differently? Or how do you help them to see it differently? Mary and Martha both come out and what's the question? Where have you been, Lord? If you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you had been here, this situation wouldn't have happened. Where have you been? Didn't Jesus know he was going to die? Jesus told his disciples before they ever went, Lazarus is asleep. And they said, well, he'll recover. (laughs) Jesus said, he's dead. (laughs) Now we're going to go. Why now? Because I want to find out where you are, Martha. I want to find out where you are, Mary. Are your enemies going to see you shaken, Mary and Martha? Are they going to see you moved? Or are you going to stay with me? See, they had to go through the pain of death so that they could truly know the joy of the resurrection. I'm not going to go there today, but I'm going to mention it to you because I think about it. I want you to think about it too. (laughs) Read John, the 12th chapter. Six days later, Jesus comes to Bethany. And guess who he has dinner with? Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Who wants to say grace this evening? Wouldn't you love to have been at that dinner? Wow. 
Where you been, Lord? Did you forget me? Did you forget us? Isaiah, the 49th chapter, and verse 16. Isaiah says, Your name is written on the palm of his hand. You ever seen somebody get a tattoo of somebody's name? <laughs> They're there forever. I want them to know that. And Isaiah says, your name. I want you to think about that. My name is there on the palm of his hand. Your name is there. You think he's forgotten you? See, Jesus wanted them to know, and he wants us to know the truth that's contained in Hebrews, the 13th chapter. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Psalms 13, in verse 1 and 2, David says, How long? And he repeats that four times. Will you forget me, Lord, forever? How long will you hide your face from me? See, one of the things that we need to understand from this psalm and we need to understand from David's feelings and one of the benefits of understanding that human emotions are recorded within the psalms is because there's a lot of times when we want to base our relationship with the Lord on the way we feel, don't we? Things are sailing along pretty good. Everything's kind of going the way we would like for it to go. And we think the Lord must be pleased. <laughs> and then something happens and things aren't going so good. And we think the Lord must be displeased. That's not really the way we're supposed to determine whether or not the Lord is pleased with us. Things are going good and we assume God is with us. Things go bad and we think God has turned away. Scripture recognizes our feelings, but nowhere in Scripture does it ever say that feelings are supposed to be our law. <laughs> so Psalms acknowledges that. And it acknowledges what David is feeling. And we wrestle with our feelings. But you remember what James says? And this seems kind of counterintuitive to us. James says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its perfect work or result 
that you might be made complete, lacking in nothing. So what he's saying is, when those trials come, it's not so much where is he, it's where are you? Where do you stand? It was all right for David to acknowledge his feelings and to express his feelings. Just don't let that become your reality. That's what he's telling us. So verse 3 says, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have overcome him. Lest my adversaries rejoice when I am shaken. Consider me, hear me, and enlighten my eyes. So what's he saying? See, David may be feeling this way. He may be feeling like God has given up on him or forgotten him. He may be feeling like God has turned away. But what he does is he still expresses his belief in God's power. He says, enlighten my eyes. Help me to see this situation for what it is. And help me to see myself in this situation. See, one of the things that we have to come to realize is, and this is difficult for us, life's bigger. Life is bigger than our own personal experience. Did you see that in the story of Mary and Martha? See, they were concerned about their brother. And they were concerned about their feelings. But what was the last thing that I read from that section? And many of the Jews came to believe. Can you see that? Based upon what they went through, Others came to believe. So people are watching. And life is bigger than our own personal experience. Stay with me. It'll have an impression on other people. David will acknowledge in this same section that he didn't always have the answers to himself. And see, sometimes we have to get to that point too. Remember back when this pandemic started and those articles that I wrote, one of the things I encouraged us to do is first thing in the morning is before you look out, what did I say? Look up. Before you look out, look up. Because we just have this kind of habit of we want to look out at the world. (laughs) Very first thing, as soon as our feet hit the floor in the morning. That's what I do too. (laughs) Grab my laptop, pull up the headlines and see what's... Look up. 
and then you'll be able to understand and interpret the rest of the world. And see, David is saying that he wanted to look in. And what you need to come to understand is look up before you look in. Look up before you look out. So finally in verse 5 and 6, you begin to see David's hope. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. See, David could finally see the reason why he ought to have hope. And the reason is not because of him, it's because of God. Verse 5, I have trusted in thy mercy my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation see before David thought God had turned away and that he had forgotten about him and sometimes we may feel that but David said then I remembered I remembered how you dealt with me and I've remembered your mercy See, one of the things that we have oftentimes, or we always got to remember is when we face challenges, when we face difficult times, the cross stands there as testimony for all time. God's mercy and God's grace. Stands there as testimony that we ought to be looking up God, how do you want me to see this situation? How do you want me to see myself in this situation? Enlighten my eyes so that I can see it the way you want me to see it. And what David is saying is you have dealt mercifully with me. Not because he deserved it, because we know David's life, don't we? Not because of who I am, but because of who you are. If it depended on our being worthy, then none of us would receive God's blessings. But David says, I've trusted your mercy. So how did David get from verse 4 to verse 5? He remembered God. And he remembered his mercy. David says, I have trusted your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And so Jesus asked Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? See, because if you believe this, this changes your perspective on everything. Psalms 13 is that psalm of lament. And David was troubled and he was discouraged. But David remembered, just like the book of Psalms in its totality does, that the outcome depends on God. And that's why he prayed. And that's why he made his request.
And then that's ultimately why David could rejoice. Because he knew his hope was based upon what God had revealed and what he had revealed about himself. See, what David was saying is that faith in God is always looking forward. That the present situation is not the end, but rather it's always looking forward. What will God do with this situation? And what does God have in store for us ultimately? And that is that resurrection. And so when Mary and Martha were saying, Lord, if you had been here, where were you, Lord? He was saying, I was here. What I want to know is, where are you? And so no matter what the situation might be, no matter what we might face in this life, what the Lord wants to know is, where are you? We know where he is. He will never leave us. And he will never forsake us. What he wants us to do is to stay with him. Don't be moved and don't be shaken. That's Psalms 13. I want to extend the invitation this morning to any and all that are here. If you've never rendered obedience unto the gospel of Christ, we'd encourage you to do that very day. If you have not been living as you should, you need to make your relationship right with the Lord. He wants you to know he's right where you left him. And he wants you to come back. If we can help you in any way, let us know while together we stand and while we sing.